speaker, Huntley Brown. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And as usual, it's good to be back. And by the way, I hope you're all very thankful for the wonderful weather I bought. Now, I know it's a little bit cloudy. That's okay. That's much better than the sub-below zeros we've been having. Amen? Let us pray. Father, we give you thanks because you are good, you are great, you are wonderful, you are powerful, you are mighty. Thank you, God, that you are indeed our heavenly daddy. And thank you, God, that you see the best in all of us. Speak through me this morning, Lord. Allow me to proclaim your words in such a way that lives will be transformed for your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Now, I became a professional musician at the age of 16 in Jamaica. I worked for one week, and then I got fired. Now, who would want to fire Huntley Brown? Everybody say, ah. Oh. I feel better already. But I got fired after one week. And the manager called me into the meeting, and he said, you know, Huntley, I am sorry we have to let you go, but you are not ready yet. So I did not argue. I took my firing, and I went back to my place of residence. And I stayed there for about a week or two. Then I got another call. A different manager called me, and he said, Huntley, we'd like for you to come and work with our band. And I said to him, I just cannot do this. He said to me, why cannot you do this? I said, well, the last group I worked for, they told me I was not ready yet. So I know I cannot play with your band. He said to me, Huntley, do not worry. Then he uttered words that changed my life. He said, I am going to teach you. He said to me, Huntley, I have heard enough from you that tells me you can do this. I'm not worried, Huntley. I see the best in you, which is exactly what Natalie was talking about earlier. God sees the best in all of us. Open your Bibles to Judges chapter 6, verse 11 to 12. Judges chapter 6, verses 11 to 12. The angel of the Lord came and sat down on the oak in Ophrah that belonged to Joas the Abbot's right, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. I am sure when Gideon heard those words, Gideon turned and he looked around and said, Mighty who? Mighty what? Where? Where's the mighty warrior? But very soon he discovered the angel was talking about him. The angel was saying to Gideon, Gideon, God sees the best in you. God has called you and God is raising you up for such a time as this. The question I have for you this morning is, who believed in you? Who saw the best in you? Who invested in you? Who prayed for you? Who determined that you were going to be a success because they saw something in you that most people did not see? That's what God did for Gideon. And the angel said to Gideon, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. 
immediately Gideon had a few questions. Judges chapter 6 verse 13 says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if, if the Lord is with us, why has all this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about? When they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us into the hand of Midian. Gideon was saying, if God is truly with us, where is the proof? Notice the angel did not answer Gideon's question. What the angel wanted Gideon to know and what God wants you to know this morning is simply this. God never consults your past to determine your future. Let me say that once more. God never consults your past to determine your future. Let me also say another very important point. I want you to write this down, memorize it, meditate on it, teach it to your friends. Everywhere you go, you keep remembering this phrase. Failure is an event, not a person. Failure is an event, not a person. Yes, you might have made some mistakes. We have all made mistakes. We have all done things we are not proud of. But God wants all of us to know this morning that failure is an event, not a person. And the angel was saying to Gideon, do not worry about the past. God wants to use you to write a new memory that years from now, a young preacher from Jamaica named Huntley Brown is going to use your story at Christ Community Church in Plainfield to encourage everyone to see the best in themselves. And God is saying the same thing to you this morning. God wants to use you, just like Natalie said, to write a new story. So years to come, people can use your story to encourage other people. So Gideon asked the question, God, where are the miracles? No, Gideon did not need to ask that question. Judges chapter 6 verse 1 explains what was going on. Judges 6 verse 1 says, The Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, and for seven years he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. So because of sin, they were in trouble. But God is a faithful God. God is a merciful God, and God is saying, when you cry out to me, I will respond. Now, it goes on, verse 14. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of my hand. Am I not sending you? Now, Gideon immediately says to God, God, let me tell you how I know you made a mistake. God, yes, God, you made a mistake. I'm going to tell you, God, how I know you made a mistake. Verse 15 says, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. So Gideon was saying to God, God, you made a mistake. My family is the weakest in the entire country. 
Not only that, God, if it couldn't get any worse, I am the least in my family. Look what is taking place, friends. Gideon is saying to God, I am the least. What is God saying? Mighty warrior. No, God, I am the least. No, mighty warrior. Turn to the person on your right and left and say, God is with you, mighty warrior. Go ahead. Yes, God is with you, mighty warrior. You might not see yourself as a mighty warrior this morning. You're saying, God, how can you use me? Maybe you're in school and people are looking at you. You cannot be on the basketball team or you cannot run. You cannot get a straight A or God cannot use you. Do not listen to it. God can use anyone he wants to use. We just simply have to agree with God. And look what the Lord said to Gideon to help Gideon. Judges 6 verse 16 says, The Lord answered, I will be with you. And you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Friends, I love this verse. God was saying to Gideon, don't worry. I am going to be with you. Now, friends, you know, it doesn't matter what I face. As long as I know God is with me, I'm okay. Remember this. You plus God is always a majority. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter what the doctors say. It doesn't matter what your friends say. As long as God is with you, you can rest assured. You will have victory. You know, I was on the internet not long ago and I saw this picture. If you can put the picture up, it says, when people say, you and what army? <laughs> I just love that. You know, when they say, you and what army? You take a look. You know, the scripture says in Psalm 91, God has given his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. So there are angels on assignment right now watching over you and me. I sometimes wonder if my angel asks for a new assignment. They say, God, that guy from Jamaica, God, he drives so fast. Slow him down, Lord, slow him down. Or God, he gives us so much trouble. But rest assured, God is saying to all of us, I am with you. You're a mighty warrior. And all you need for success in your life is to know that I am going to be with you. Now, God had to conv convince Gideon. And what God said to Gideon next was, Gideon, I have an assignment for you. And I believe this morning, God has an assignment for each person under the sound of my voice. God wants to use you. And God said to Gideon, look at Judges chapter 6, verse 25 to 26. The same night, the Lord said to him, Take the second bull from your father's herd, the one seven years old. Tear down your father's altar to Baal and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Then build a proper kind of altar to the Lord your God on the top of this height. Using the wood of the Asherah pole that you cut down, offer the second bull as a burnt offering. This was not a simple assignment. God was saying to Gideon, I want you to make a choice. What's the choice? God or culture? Now, friends, I must say this this morning. Whenever God and culture collide, go with God. Let me say it again. Whenever God and culture collide, 
go with God. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, or Chinese. Don't tell me I have to do something because I'm a black man. No, I am going with God. God was saying to Gideon, Gideon, your culture is worshiping false gods. And God said to Gideon, tear that altar down. And God could be saying the same thing to you this morning. Tear down the altars in your life that are offensive to God. What are these altars? Anything that separates you and God. Anything that affects your relationship with God. God is saying, tear it down. Because God wants to use you and that altar can affect your relationship with God and affect God using you. And God said, tear it down. For Gideon, this was a tough assignment because tearing down his father's altar had serious consequences. Now, I love what Gideon did. Now, the Lord didn't tell Gideon to do it during the day. God simply said, get it done. And Gideon had two fears. Gideon was afraid of his family, and he was afraid of the townspeople. What were they going to say? Judges 6 verse 27. So Gideon took ten of his servants and did as the Lord told him. But because he was afraid of his family and the townspeople, he did it at night rather than in the daytime. I have no problem with that. The key is he obeyed. And that is what God is saying to us this morning. Are you going to obey me? God wants to use you. And friends, we're living in a day where I do not have to tell you that we are in serious trouble. As a nation, we're in trouble. And God is saying to all of us, no matter what the nation says, you go with me. If the nation approves of abortion, don't go with the nation. You go with God. It's still wrong. It's still a sin. If God says sin is okay, no, you go with God. No matter what anyone says, God is saying to all of us, tear those altars down and go with me. Notice, Gideon did not build this altar. This was not Gideon's altar. This was his father's altar. At the same time, God was saying to Gideon, tear it down. And Gideon went and he tore it down. Not only did Gideon tear the altar down, he built the proper altar. What does this mean? Someone had taken sides. He was making a statement to his culture that what you guys are doing is wrong. And God is saying, build a proper altar to me. That's what Gideon did. And boy, people are angry. And I'm sure Gideon spent the night wondering, what are they going to do? What are they going to say when they get up the next morning? He did not have to wait too long. Judges chapter 6, verses 28 to 29 says, In the morning, when the people of the town got up, there was Baal's altar demolished, with the Asherah pole beside it cut down, and the second bull sacrificed on the newly built altar. They asked each other, who did this? When they carefully investigated, they were told, Gideon, son of Josh, did this. 
Judges 6 verse 37, the people of the town demanded of Joash, bring out your son. He must die because he has broken down Baal's, Baal's altar and cut down the Asherah pole beside it. Penalty for Gideon was death because he chose God over his culture. And friends, I love what Gideon's father did. Here's why I love what Gideon's father did. I'm sure Gideon's father disagreed with what his son did. He disagreed. But he decided to protect his son in the midst of his son being disobedient. And I've said this many times, you know, my wife and myself, we have um, four girls. You met Natalie earlier. Uh, we, we have Natalie, Natasha, Nicole, and Nadia, four da beautiful daughters. And um, I say this to, to everyone, no one is going to hurt my kids. I know they're, they're grown now, but nobody's going to hurt my kids. And I've said this many times, even if my daughters were wrong, I'm going to protect them. What do I mean by this? Yes, there will be consequences when they get home. Yes, they could have been a timeout or lose some privileges. Yes, there will be some things we do at home that would be a little bit different. But no one on the outside is going to hurt my kids. I got a black belt, I'm, and I'm very happy to use it. <laughs> so, but the reason I'm saying this, okay, our responsibility as parents is to protect our loved ones. Isn't that what God does for all of us? When you mess up, and the devil comes, and the devil says, no, I have you. I'm going to hurt him. And God says, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, no, no. This is my kid. I'm going to protect my kid. And that's exactly what Gideon's father did. Listen to Judges chapter 6, verse 31. But Joash replied to the hostile crowd around him, Are you going to plead Baal's case? Are you trying to save him? Whoever fights for him shall be put to death by morning. If Baal really is God, he can defend himself when somebody breaks down his altar. Notice, this was Joash's altar. Gideon had broken down. But he said, no, leave him alone. Let Baal deal with him. So in that way, he preserved the life of his son. And we need to do the same. God is asking us this morning to protect our loved ones, even when they mess up. No, don't get me wrong. We are not going to condone bad behavior. Many times people ask me, Huntley, what should we do? Always remember this. When your friends mess up, operate with the two C's. What are the two C's? Compassion without compromise. Compassion without compromise. I'm going to have compassion, yes. But I will not compromise my views to make you happy. And that's exactly what we need to do. You know, a couple of years ago, um, you have heard, all heard the story of Jim Baker. I did a TV program in Chicago with Jim, and he shared a story that I never forgot. He mentioned, you know, being in prison. And everyone knows Jim Baker was this huge televangelist. He went to prison. He had committed adultery, ripped people off the whole nine yards. And he's in prison. And Jim Baker said one day he heard he has a visitor. He said, a visitor? Who could this be? He looked up. It was Billy Graham. Billy Graham came to see Jim Baker. And Jim Baker on the TV program said, I said to Billy Graham, you, you cannot be seen with me. I'm a pariah. People don't want to see me. You have a ministry. 
He said, Billy Graham came over, gave him a hug. I said, my brother, I love you. Jim Baker cannot talk about Billy Graham without crying. The impact Billy Graham had on Jim Baker's life. And friends, you all know that Billy Graham was my earthly hero. And it's truly been the honor of my lifetime to have worked with the um, association for many, many years. Um, I've been Ruth Graham's pianist for many years, but Ruth shared a story at Dr. Graham's funeral that I'll never forget. And instead of me sharing the story, I want you to hear Ruth in her own words share what Billy Graham did for her after she made a mistake. If you have the video, you can go ahead and run the video um, with Ruth Graham um, speaking. I have my own Billy Graham story, so I'm going to tell you that one. And I've told it many times, and some of you have maybe heard it many times. But it bears repeating because, to me, it speaks to the essence of who my father was and is. After 21 years, my marriage ended in divorce. I was devastated. I floundered. I did a lot wrong. The rug was pulled out from under me. My family thought it'd be a good idea for me to move away, to get a fresh start somewhere else. So I decided to live near my older sister and her family and near a good church. The pastor of that church introduced me to a handsome widower and we began to date fast and furiously. My children didn't like him, but I thought, you know, they were almost grown. They didn't know what they could, they couldn't tell me what to do. I knew what was best for my life. My mother called me from Seattle. My father called me from Tokyo. They said, honey, why don't you slow down? Let us wait to get to know this man. They had never been a single parent. They had never been divorced. What did they know? So being stubborn, willful, and sinful. I married a man, this man, on New Year's Eve, and within 24 hours, I knew I'd made a terrible mistake. After five weeks, I fled. I was afraid of him. What was I going to do? I wanted to go talk to my mother and my father. It was a two-day drive. Questions swirled in my mind. What was I going to say to Daddy? What was I going to say to Mother? What was I going to say to my children? I'd been such a failure. What were they going to say to me? You, we, we're tired of fooling with you. We told you not to do it. You've embarrassed us. And let me tell you, you women will understand you don't want to embarrass your father. You really don't want to embarrass Billy Graham. And many of you know that we live on the side of a mountain. And as I wound myself up the mountain, I rounded the last bend in my father's driveway, and my father was standing there waiting for me. As I got out of the car, he wrapped his arms around me and he said, welcome home. There was no shame, there was no blame, there was no condemnation, just unconditional love. And you know, my father was not God, but he showed me what God was like that day. When we come to God with our sin, our brokenness, our failure, our pain and our hurt, God says, welcome home. And that invitation is open for you. Thank you and God bless you. And that's exactly what God does for all of us. 
when we mess up, when we do things we're not proud of, God says, welcome home. When we repent, we turn to him. Because God is saying to all of us, I see the best in you. Because I put the best in you. You know, there are many songs that are out there today that speak on the subject. But the gentleman by the name of Marvin Sapp who wrote a song that I think is going to be in Christian music for years and years and years. And the song simply is called, He Saw the Best in Me. Listen to a few words from this song. It says, He saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst in me. He said that once more. He saw the best in me. When everyone else around could only see the worst in me. He's mine. And I am his. It doesn't matter what I did. He only sees me for who I am. He saw the best in me. He goes on. Because there are some folks in here. People wrote you off. Said you would never amount to anything. Said that you would never end up being anywhere. When mama said you would never be nothing. When aunties and uncles said you would never amount to anything. When daddy did not come home anymore. He didn't look at you and said you're not going to make it. God looked at you and what did he see? He saw the best in you. I have a short video clip from this song. I just wanted to play the song just a little bit so we can hear the song. He saw the best, and then we can wrap up this morning. He saw the best in me When everyone else around Could only see the worst in me Can I tell y'all one more time, one more time I said he saw the best in me when everyone else around me, yeah. everyone else oh, oh, oh. around me, can only see the worst in me. Does anybody have that testimony? When fuck brought you off, said you would never make it, what did he see? He saw the best in me. When everyone else around me, yeah.
mama said you would never be nothing. When aunties and uncles said that you'll never amount to anything. When daddy didn't come home anymore, he didn't look at you and say that you are going to make it. God looked at you and what did he see? What did he see? is the best in you. And that's what God sent me to tell you this morning. No matter what you've been through, no matter what you're dealing with, God sees the best in you. And he wants to use you to have an impact for his kingdom. My daughter gave me this phrase. I want to leave it with you this morning. It says, your value does not decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. Let me say that once more. Your value does not decrease based on someone's inability to see your worth. You're valuable. God created you and he has a purpose for you. And he sees the best in you. Shall we pray? Father, I thank you because you're good. I thank you, God, because you're great. I thank you, Lord, because there is no other God but you are beside you. I thank you, God, that you see the best in us. And this morning, Lord, I'm going to ask you to help us, Father God, to keep our eyes on you. To make sure, God, remember that, God, you never consult our past to determine our future. No, Father God, as we leave this place, I pray, that, I pray, Father God, we'll sense your presence. I know in spite of all the failures, that God, you still see the best in us. In Jesus' name, amen.